grateful folks in the house need to give the God a praise by putting your hands together. It's going to be all right. I'm grateful. Sister Kim told us there's somebody else that's worse off than you. Somebody else that would love to be in your shoes. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come and share the word of God. God, we thank you first of all because we acknowledge that you are God and God alone. God, we are grateful for you and we praise your name. Now, God, we ask that you let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you. You are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Give God another praise. Amen for our choir. Sister Kim, be grateful. As you stand as we share the word of God with you once again, we honor our pastor, Pastor Daryl Jackson, First Lady Associate Willie Mae Jackson. Amen. And we thank God so much for them. As Elder Antoine say, we had to encourage him to go away and get some rest. And he was contemplating, no, I need to finish the series. No, I need to do that. I said, you need to go rest. He can finish the series on next Sunday. And he'll be doing just that. He'll be concluding, amen, the Encouraging Word series on next Sunday with sermon number 12. And it's printed in your bulletins, so we ask that you just hold on to that. Go back, in fact, meditate on that scripture all week, and our pastor will be sharing the word of God on this Sunday as relates to the last message in that series. Gospel according to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 was read for you earlier. I'm going to start at the 14th verse. I'm going to start at the 14th verse. Luke 17 and 14, reading from the New Living Version, second edition, the New Living Translation, second edition. Verse number 14 says, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. At, and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Verse 15, one of them, somebody say one of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus Shouting, praise God. Verse 16 says, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. But this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I hear ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory to God except this foreigner? Verse 19 says, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And the church say amen. Give God a praise as you take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. What a beautiful passage of scripture. And in verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He was praising the Lord. He had something to shout about. Sermon is just one word, and we said to the church at 8 o'clock, we are just going to keep this very simple. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was trying to determine, you know, what shall I use for a subject? And, of course, you know, tried to do some tricky subjects, but God said, man, just keep it simple. <laughs> In fact, he said, you know, I got this saying, and my wife tells me sometimes, Keep it simple, sweetie. She don't say what my dad probably would have said. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> so she said, when I blow you a kiss, that means keep it simple, sweetie. <laughs> so on this morning and this afternoon, we're going to keep it simple. Just grab your neighbor hand. Say, neighbor, the message is just one word. Grateful. Give God a praise. Amen. Just one simple word. Grateful. That's a sermon all by itself. We can close the book and go home because we are grateful. I am so grateful. The choir just told you there's somebody else that's worse off than you. We were at our Thanksgiving dinner, getting ready to eat dinner at my mom's house, and I shared with our 8 o'clock service that this was the first time in a couple of years that Lisa and I had a chance to be there together. We're usually at her mom's or her mom is usually at our house for Thanksgiving, but this time 
we were able to eat with mama and all of my siblings, all of my nieces and nephews. And we have a tradition that we've been doing for years. Before we eat, we have prayer. And we list one thing that we're grateful for. And when it came to my sister, Drina, she said, I'm grateful for food on my table. And then she shared with us why. She said, on the past week, she's the director of our Because We Care Social Action Foundation. She said, I received a call from Deacon Jimmy Taylor. And he said, Drina, I need you to help me with something. There's a young lady here that needs to see you. So the young lady came. She saw Drina, she and her daughter, and she said to Drina, I don't have any food. I don't have anything to eat. Drina told her, wait one minute, and we prepared a basket for her, and she said to this lady, who's not even a member of this church, in fact, she is not the same nationality of most of the members here. Drina said to the lady, don't you ever worry about food anymore. And the lady with tears streaming down her face and her young daughter standing next to her said, I was getting ready to go home and on Thanksgiving eat some stale bread and a piece of cheese. And when Drina told me that, tears swelled up in my eyes. And I said, Deacon Chip, God, I'm not going to ever complain again about not having some type of food that I don't like. For I'm grateful just to have food on my table. So on this afternoon, we're going to just share with you grateful. Anybody grateful out there? Now, during the Thanksgiving holidays, in Thanksgiving season, we tend to talk about how grateful we are. But the truth is, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Every day that we have breath in our body is a day of thanksgiving. My granddaddy, my father's father, used to sit down and used to share things with us, and we called him Granddaddy Malcolm, and he said, son, I want to leave a couple of things with you. He always told me, Chip, told us actively, work hard. Don't ever quit at what you start doing. Be appreciative. Be thankful. Be respectful to people. He said, but most of all, be grateful. <laughs> be grateful. Granddaddy used to always, I remember when my mom would fix him dinner, he would always say, tell Janie, I say thank you so much. He had such an appreciative, grateful heart. And as I was preparing this sermon, I came across a quote by Pastor Joel Osteen, and it just touched me. And Pastor Osteen says, I believe if you keep your faith, if you keep your trust, if you keep the right attitude, if you're grateful, you'll see God open up new doors. <laughs> I said, my God, that's powerful. Pastor Osteen said, if you're grateful, you'll see God open up new doors. Perhaps one reason God may not open some doors for us is we have the wrong attitude. That, I mean, maybe we just don't have the right attitude. Winston Churchill said attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. I don't ever like to see folks with nasty attitudes. I can take pretty much anything, but I can't take a nasty attitude. <laughs> I said to the church at 8 o'clock, and, and deacons and ministers and brothers, y'all excuse me for this. I said, ain't nothing worse than a man with a nasty attitude. <laughs> say amen, ladies. <laughs> Nothing worse than a grown man that wife come home, hey, baby, how you doing? I'm fine. Or just because your football team didn't win and they got crushed by orange. And you can't seem to participate in the service. Ain't nothing wrong when you say good morning to somebody. They say, you say, praise the Lord. Hey, how you doing? Get over it. They lost. <laughs> Plan for next year. <laughs> Another reason God may not open some doors for us is because we are ungrateful. If we are thankful for what we have, we may end up having more. If we concentrate on what we don't have, we will never, ever have enough. So thank God for what you have. We should always make it a habit to tell others thank you and to let 
them know how grateful you are. My grandmama used to say, Mama, my mother's mother, she would always say, if she did something for me and I didn't say anything, she'd say, boy, what would you say? What do you say? And immediately I knew to say, thank you, Sal. I say that to some young people, boy, what do you say? They say, huh? <laughs> they don't know what to say. So we have to be grateful. And I'm sure there are folks that we know that are ungrateful. I'm sure that we've had to experience ungrateful folks in our lives sometimes. People never remember the million times you helped them out. But you know what? They'll always remember the one time you don't help them. Say amen, somebody. I said this, and, and, and this is not my saying, and, and, and I'm quoting this today, and it blessed me so much. I saw this somewhere. It said, there comes a time when you have to stop crossing oceans for people who won't even jump in puddles for you. Now, that's not me. You, you're trying to cross the oceans for some people. In other words, you're trying to give some people your very best. And if, when it comes for them doing something for you, they won't even step in a puddle for you. You lend them $1,000 and they won't even buy you lunch. Say amen, somebody. You let them borrow your car and they drive all the gas out. They don't even say thank you. Sometimes it's better to move on than to hold on a person who don't understand you. In fact, sometimes your absence would teach what your presence cannot say amen. <laughs> sometimes you just got to say, excuse me, I got to leave you for now. Now, I ain't saying leave nobody. <laughs> but sometimes you got to stop calling them. Sometimes you got to stop taking their calls. Sometimes you got to quit them on Pentecost Sunday. Not date them all year and then wait a year and a half later and get engaged to them. Say amen, somebody. My wife know who I'm talking about. She stopped dating me on Pentecost Sunday. She dumped me on Pentecost Sunday. I was a sick puppy. But a year and a half later, we were engaged. She said, I'm going to teach you something. And guess what? I was headed down the wrong track, Pastor Cuff. She stepped right there with me, though. Thank God for Lisa. <laughs> Staying in a situation where you're unappreciated isn't called loyalty. It's called breaking your own heart. I, I think I am. Thank you. You know, you stand in that situation. You want to be loyal. Sometimes you got to get out of that situation because you're just breaking your own heart. The one thing I always want to do is let others know how grateful I am for them. In fact, the older I get, the more grateful I am. I said to the church at 8 o'clock, it seems as if we're raising a generation of ungrateful people. It seems as if we're raising a generation of ungrateful teenagers. Pastor Antoine, I talked to so many teenagers, and they come up to me and they say, Pastor Mac, my parents don't do anything for me. And I tell them, you don't really want to go down that road with me now, do you? I think I will. They said, my parents don't do anything for me. I said, whose house are you living in? Whose food are you eating? Whose cable TV are you watching? Say amen, parents. Whose car are you driving? Because you ain't got a job to drive your own. Whose clothes are you wearing? Someone will say, these are my clothes. I said, did you pay for them? And then they trust to get an attitude. <laughs> and then some parents fall into that same trap. You know, want to reward them. I grew up where acts of kindness were rewarded with gratitude and love rather than with money. When we did something, our parents said thank you and they loved us you know some people they don't want to reward their kids with money i told the church at eight this too we were fine without cable tv we were fine looking at four channels amen nbc abc cbs and what was the other one which one? channel 35 <laughs> y'all remember that one now they got 500 channels that they looking at. They get mad because you don't have Wi-Fi in your house. <laughs> my God, my, I know parents are loving me right about now. <laughs> you know what? We didn't have much, but we appreciated what we had. 
In fact, we played outside until the sun came down. We were playing dodgeball, kickball. You know, we were riding our bikes. They want to stay up in your house, use your electricity, looking at your computer, then complain that you ain't doing nothing for them. Every parent needs to tell every 18-year-old in your house, go get a job. And then, you know what? I just appreciate, Mama, what we had. We have abandoned simplicity in favor of extravagant. You know, some things, Pastor Bradley, we just need to go back to. Some things were just simple. We want the extravagant now. You know, supersize this, supersize that, mega this, mega that. Sometimes we just need to keep it simple. We have become so proud of what we have until sometimes we forget where God brought us from. Say amen. I shall never forget the Little Red Church. I don't have many memories of it, but I've been told about that Little Red Church. I shall never forget when we moved across the street, Deacon Al coming from Atlas Road School, moving into our first sanctuary. I remember my mama singing a song. I had a hard time, but I done got over it. And I kept saying, what hard time did she have? But when I grew up and started having some hard times, I knew what she meant. In fact, Daryl was holding my hand. I have vivid memories of that. Crossing that street, my mom and Bishop were in the front of the line. They were thanking God because the little red church burned down. But she remembered, Lord, I had a hard time, but you brought us out of it. She, the, the song says, I done got over it. Give God a praise if you know you appreciate where you come from. Thank God for fatback. Thank God for poking beans. Say amen, somebody. Thank God for liver pudding and rice. Thank God for leftovers. I can eat leftovers Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Every Monday, we didn't have a meal, Sal. We didn't have nothing. We had to eat leftovers. But now you got some of these young people, they don't even want to eat leftovers. They want something new every day. I just thank God. You know what? I am grateful. I am one grateful somebody. God, just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm grateful. And you know what? If you're not grateful, you become prideful. The scripture says in Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be considered haughty. I don't want to ever people to think that I'm prideful. I just say, Lord, keep me humble. We used to sing a song, humble me, Lord, so that I may do thy will. If you really want God to humble you, then you're asking for something. Sometimes he'll say, I don't need you to stand behind this pulpit and preach, but I need you to go to the homeless shelter and share the message with somebody. Sometimes he'll say, I need you to pick up that gubbubum, that bubblegum wrap on the floor. Sometimes he'll say, I need you to scrub flows rather than standing here and ushering at the door. Lord, I'm grateful. And I'm humble. Let's look at our scripture text. Somebody just give God a praise, amen, for being grateful. Let's look at our scripture text. And I promise we're going to get you out here on time. We find our scripture text in the gospel of Luke. Luke was a Gentile physician who avoided many of the controversial Jewish topics. And he had a special interest in healing because Luke was considered a Gentile physician. In fact, he was the only one of the gospel writers that was non-Jew. Luke was a Gentile. He was highly educated, and he was not one of the 12 apostles, but he was a very close friend of the apostle Paul, and he was one of Paul's traveling companions. In fact, Luke is not only the writer of the gospel of Luke, he is also the author of the book of Acts of the Apostles, and many of you that took our CIU class, you studied that book, and I heard some great things in that discussion, and I am so glad you had the opportunity to study that. But so Luke actually wrote Acts of the Apostle, and he actually wrote the Gospel of Luke. In fact, I read somewhere it says over one-fourth of the New Testament books were written by Luke. And so Luke writes this Gospel around A.D. 60, 60 years after Jesus' death, and Luke was very detailed in his writings, and Many of you probably want your doctors to be detailed, want your doctors to do things that are very detailed. Amen, somebody? 
he was very detailed. And in fact, there are more parables in, in, in this gospel than they are in any other gospel. But not only are they more parables, but Luke uses and shares with us Jesus' humanity. And he shares with us Jesus' relationships with others and his concern with others. In fact, Luke is one of the only gospel writers that share with us many times Jesus' relationship with women. And many of you remember in St. John, in, 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 in St. John, the fourth chapter, you know, he talks about the woman at the well that was John, but then Luke's picked it up and talk about the Samaritan women. Luke talks about Mary and Martha, talks about a lot of other things. So this is a really, really unique gospel. And the first part of Luke deals with chapters one through chapter four, the early birth of Christ, the childhood years of Christ. Second part deals with chapter four through chapter nine, Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Jesus ministered all over the place and he ministered one part of Galilee, then he went on. And then the third part of Luke talks about his journey to Jerusalem. And this is where we find our scripture today in chapter 17. This is Jesus' last journey. And Jesus knew that this was his last journey. He was headed to Jerusalem and he was headed there for a reason. Jesus knew that, you know, the people would be praising him, Hosanna, Hosanna, great is our Lord and King one day. And then he knew also that he would be crucified on the next day. That's why it's important not to always listen to people praises. Say amen, somebody. The same people that praise you may be the one that crucify you on Friday. So we get to Luke chapter 17, and, and we get to verse 11. And verse 11 says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, and you heard me say that Jesus was making a journey to Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And verse number 12 says, then as he entered a certain village, we don't know the name of that village, but we know that it was a certain village. There met him 10 men who were lepers. Now, let me stop right there. Look at what the scripture says, that the lepers met him. Jesus didn't meet the lepers. On one occasion in the gospel of Luke, Jesus met one leopard and he healed them. He touched them and he healed them. But Pastor Bradley, these 10 lepers met Jesus and they all had one thing in common. They needed a miracle. But then they had something that wasn't in common. One of them was a Samaritan. One of them was considered the outcast. One of them was considered the low class. But anybody know misery loves company? When you are misery, miserable, you, you, you don't care who's around you. You know what? You want other people to be around you. So all 10 of these people, they stood afar off now. And they, the scripture says there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. Pastor Mac, why did they stand afar off? Because the law said that they could not stand within six feet with individuals. The law in Leviticus told them they couldn't stand within six feet. And in fact... They couldn't comb their hair. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean. And they had sores all over their body. And I don't mean to get gross, but they had sores all over their body with pus coming all out of those sores. So that's why they could not stand six feet within somebody. But you know what? When, when you're desperate, we don't mind hanging around folks. And we don't mind looking for somebody to hear us. So these lepers were desperate, y'all. They were, they, they, they were desperate. So what did they do? They met Jesus and they cried out, Jesus. But look at what they said. That they not only said Jesus, but they said, Master. Now, this was the only time, this was the second time in the gospel writings that someone had identified Jesus as Master. The disciples were the first one to identify him, and the lepers were the second one. They knew that Jesus could heal him, but they knew that Jesus was their master. Why, Pastor Mac? The Greek word for master is teacher, and another sub-Greek word is doctor. So if the doctor is going to come around, he's going to certainly try to heal them. So they said, Jesus, master, the scripture says they lifted up their voices, have mercy on us. Have anybody had to ever cry? And say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. The song says, I cried and I cried. I cried all night long, but I just couldn't rest contented. 
until I found the love. With my voice, Lord, I cry unto thee. In the time of trouble, he will hear you. I don't know about you, but I had to get on my knees sometimes, and I had to cry, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. There are going to be times when you can't call your friend, call your mama, call your wife, but you can call Jesus. We used to sing a song, when I called upon the Lord, he came to my rescue. I can call him anywhere. I can call him any place, and I can call him anytime. Somebody lift your hands and say, Jesus, Master. So the leopards cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then look at what verse 14 says. Verse 14 says, Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priests. Now, this is very significant because Jesus was the master of the scriptures, and he had served earlier I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So Jesus knew the law, and the law said in order for them to be healed, they had to go and be verified by the priest. Jesus was testing their obedience, and you know what? They obeyed Jesus, and I said this to the church at 8 o'clock too. I used to always be hard on these leopards. I used to always say they were ungrateful, and nine of them were. But you know what? They were just following Jesus' instructions. Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest. Notice he didn't say to one priest, but he pluralized that. And he said to the priest, in other words, go back to the temple from where you came from and go let the priest verify you. But you know what? Jesus was testing their obedience. And the scripture says, and as they went, <laughs> they were healed of their leprosy. Obedience is better than sacrifice, y'all. <laughs> Obedience is better than giving a $100,000 offering. If you want to sacrifice something, you got to obey God first. To obey God means that you're going to trust him. You're going to take him at his word. And you know what? I, 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 I pondered as, and I thought about this thing, Deacon Chip. I said, well, if they were going back to the priest, then the priest resided in the temple. So they were headed back to the temple. So God had me do some research and the scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed. But look at what the other scripture says. And I thank God for strategically placing these scriptures in our life. Verse 15 says, and one of them, somebody say one of them. Verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned to Jesus. Now, the other nine were headed to the temple. The other nine were headed to the priest. The other nine were headed to a church convention. Say amen, somebody. The other nine were headed to a church planning session. The other nine were headed to a church musical. But the one, the outcast, that didn't have any church in him at all, said, well, I ain't got nothing to lose because when I go back, them other nine not going to be with me anyway because they don't like me anyway. Why, did they, why don't they like him, Pastor Mac? They don't like him, but I'm not traditional. I'm a Samaritan. In other words, the Jews hated the Samaritans. So he says, well, I might as well not even follow them because as soon as they recognize that they're here, they're going to forget about me. Isn't that like some people, they get blessed and forget where they came from? They get blessed and they forget that you were their friend when you didn't have nothing, when they didn't have nothing. You took them out to lunch when they didn't have nothing. But as soon as they get a new job, they forget about you. As soon as they get a new house in a new community, they forget about you. As soon as they join Jack and Jill, they hold their uppity nose up at you. But you know what? God told me to tell them, Antoine, you got to return to Jesus. So this Samaritan returned to Jesus. And it says one of them, when he realized that he was here, turned around and came back. And look at what he did. He came back shouting. Why was he shouting, Pastor Mike? He was shouting because he probably realized, okay, them other cats were already in church. But I was not in the church. I was one of the ones that used to hang out on 48. I was one of the ones that used to come Sunday and be drunk. I was the one of the ones that used to smoke a blunt. Say amen, somebody. And I couldn't get to church. So I ain't going to the church. I'm going to the master. You go to church. I want to go to the master. That blessed me, y'all. Some people are so busy trying to go to church. We need to go to the master. We want to run to the church and kiss up at the church, but go to the master. 
And it says he returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. One of them, when he realized that, he said, turned around, came back shouting, and he glorified God. And Jesus, you know, was so impressed. It says that he fell at Jesus' feet. Ooh, that blessed me now. The same one that couldn't stay six feet from Jesus was now at the feet of the master. The other nines were so busy planning their communion services with their collars on, planning what they need to do in the church. But this one said, God, I thank you because I can fall at your feet now. You can touch me now. He could have touched them anyway. But he said I, he fell at Jesus' feet. And there are three points that I want to leave with you. Look at what this one leper did. First of all, he glorified God. We got to learn how to give God the glory for our healing. Not by might nor by strength, but by my spirit, said the Lord. He glorified God. Then look at what else he did. Not only did he glorify God, but Pastor Bradley, he worshiped God. If God is going to do something for us, we got to not only glorify him, but we got to worship him. They that worship me must worship me. How? In spirit and in truth. Not only did he glorify God, not only did he worship God, but he thanked God. Now, there's nothing worse than an unselfish person that can't thank God for what he's done. Any thankful folks out there? Any thankful people out there? I don't know about you, but I'm the one. Kurt Carr did, did a song, I am the one, I'm the one. I had to go back and tell him thank you. Anybody had to go back and tell him thank you? So he glorified God, he worshiped God, and he thanked God. Come on, give God a praise. And look at what verse 17 says. Jesus asked, did I not heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Verse 18 says, has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? Even Jesus recognized that the man was an outcast. Sometimes Jesus will recognize that you're an outcast, but you know what? He'll give you what you need. He'll save you and give you what you need. Oh, and, and then look at what verse 19 says, and Jesus said to the man, now the man did something for Jesus, but Jesus did more for him. Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Not only was his glorified, not only did he glorify God, not only did he worship God, not only did he thank God, but he had faith in God. Look at what the message version says, verse 19 of the 17th chapter. The message version said, then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. The other 10 got healed, but this man got healed and saved. I said to the church at 8 o'clock, I'll take salvation over a healing any day. I thank God for healing, but anybody thank God for salvation? Come on, stand to your feet and give God a praise. We used to sing a song, Mama, saved by his power divine. Saved through new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete. For I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. I thank God for healing. But most of all, I thank God for salvation. Anybody thank God for salvation? While the other nine were busy in the temple, giving the priest the praise, this one person came and glorified God. He came and he worshiped God. He came and he thanked God. And you know what? He came and God saved him. Somebody give God a praise for saving you. Just like that one, we were wretch undones and he saved us. Just like that one, we were nowhere and he saved us. We used to be on the streets, but he saved us. We used to be smokers, but he saved us. We used to be alcoholics, but he saved us. Somebody say, save, save. Yes, Lord, I'm glad that he saved me. I thank God for healing, Dean, but I thank God for saving me. Give God a praise if you know you're saved on today. So God said, Mac, the other nine got what they asked for, but this one got a double portion. He not only got healed, he got saved. And you know what? I just believe this other outcast went back and started his own missions and other Samaritans were able to be saved and the gospel went throughout the world. That's just like Jesus. He'll do what you ask him to, 
But if you worship him, he'll do a little more. If you glorify him, he'll do a little more. If you thank him, he'll do a little more. Give God a praise. So on today, we just want to tell the Lord we're grateful. Just like that one leopard, we want to say, God, we are grateful. I don't want to be ungrateful, God. I thank you, God. I want to glorify you. Lord, I think I want to worship you. I want to praise you. But God, I thank you for saving me. And I thank you, God, because you did it. I'm grateful to you. We're saved by grace. It's no good merits out of our own. In other words, think about the sin that we did. Think about where we used to be. And God took us and he saved us. And let me tell you something. There is no big sin and there's no little sin. If you lie, you sin. If you're a homemonger, you sin. Amen. They can't, we can't classify sin. Sin is sin. But by the grace of God, it could have been us. J.J. Harrison wrote a song, I'm grateful for all of the things that you've done. Done for me. You've been faithful and merciful. For my sins, you forgave me. Hallelujah, I will sing to you. All the glory I will give to you. I could never praise you enough. Then the vamp part of the song says, oh, 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 I am grateful. Come on, Sister Christian, lead us into that song. All the grateful folks come to the altar and join us. Yeah, all the grateful folks just join us on this Sunday after Thanksgiving. I'm grateful. Anybody grateful out there? God, I'm grateful. I could have been homeless. I'm grateful. I could have been on the streets right about now. God, I'm grateful. Yeah, Lord, I'm grateful. All the grateful folks, just lift your hands and say, oh. Come on, Sister Christian. I'm grateful. Yes, yeah. For all of God. I'm grateful, God. You, you didn't have to do it, but you did it, God. This is personal on this morning. He's been faithful. been faithful. Has God been faithful to anyone out there? Not only faithful, but He's been merciful. Not only did he heal you, but he forgave you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah is the highest praise. I will sing to you. Yeah, all the glory. God, I'm grateful on this morning, on this afternoon. I could never, God, praise you. Yeah, there are about 50 other folks that need to come join us at this altar. There are 50 other people out there that say, God, I'm grateful. Maybe you're in the balcony. Come on down and just give God a grateful praise. All of the things. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Done for me. Has God been faithful to anyone out there? 
I'm going to sing to you all of the glory I would give to you. I could never praise you enough. Now everybody with uplifted voice, everybody sing all. Yeah, God, we came to let you know that we're grateful. We may not have everything we want, God, but we got everything we need. We're grateful, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm grateful, God. Yes, Lord. With uplifted hands, Mama, I said to the church at 8 o'clock, I, and Dean, you heard me say this, I just, I really didn't understand why God decided to take Frank home at 67 years old, and we knew that he had been suffering with a disease since he was a little boy, but why now, God? And as I was preparing this message, God said to me, I've already healed him. I've already healed them, but look at this. Not only have I healed them, but I've already saved them. God said, you got some that were healed that died of this disease, but they were not saved. He said, Frank was healed and he was saved. I got on my knees and I began to cry and I said, God, I thank you because he's a believer. Not only did you heal him, but you just like that one leopard, God, you saved him. And I say, God, I thank you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you on today, God. We're grateful, God. We have grateful hearts. We thank you, God, for the healing power. We thank you for healing us right now. But most of all, we thank you for salvation, Lord. We thank you because we don't want to be like those other nine. And we're so busy going to the temple that we forget to go back and give you the praise. We want to be like that one. We want to glorify you, Lord. We want to worship you, Lord. We want to thank you. And we want you to save us. Now, God, we thank you for those that are here at this altar. If there be any unsaved, please save them at this time, God. Speak to their hearts, God. If there be any sick, God, we ask that you heal their bodies right now. Maybe someone is interceding for someone else, God. Just like you did the centurion, God. You don't have to go to their house, but just speak the word, and that person that they're interceding shall be saved. God, we thank you, and we praise you, and we give your name the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and every heart say amen. Give God our praise as you return to your seat. If there's someone that want to join this ministry, someone that want to be saved, someone that want to be baptized, we ask that you say up front, our pastors and our elders will be ministering to you. Come on, choir, let's go through that one more time. Oh. I'm grateful. Anybody out there want to join the ministry? Anyone who wants to be baptized? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, Lord. Oh, oh, oh. oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh. I am grateful. I'm grateful. Yes, Lord. Take us to the vamp choir. Everybody, just lift your hands. Has God been good to anybody? Say you. Yeah. This is my testimony. Has anybody, God, been good to? Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, you've been good to me. He's a healer. You've been good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Chevelle. Yes, Lord. He's been good. With uplifted hands. Father, we just thank you for this day, God because we're grateful, Lord. We thank you, God, 
for the message just simply says grateful. God, we thank you for you've been good to us. We thank you, Lord. We worship you right now. God, we glorify your name right now. We give your name the praise right now. But most of all, God, we thank you because you saved us. God, we thank you for the one leopard that returned to give thanks. And we want to be the one to say, thank you, God, for healing. And after we return, we thank you for the salvation. Now, God, we thank you for our pastor, for our first lady. We ask that you continue to bless them, continue to give them the rest that they need. God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Come on, quiet. Take us out on that. You've been good to me. Somebody just touch your name and say, I'm grateful. Say you, you've been so good. Great.